Chapter Fifteen of Jerusalem to Revelations, a Quartet of Spiritual Experience, by William Blake and others. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tony Addison. Jerusalem, Part Fifteen. Nor can any consummate bliss without being generated on earth of those whose emanations weave the loves of Beulah for Jerusalem and Shiloh in immortal Golgonusa, concentering in the majestic form of Erin in eternal tears, viewing the winding worm on the deserts of great Tartary, viewing loss in his shudderings, pouring balm on his sorrows. So dread his loss's fury that none dare him to approach without becoming his children in the furnaces of affliction and anithamon like a faint rainbow waved before him filling with fibres from his loins which reddened with desire into a globe of blood beneath his bosom trembling in darkness of albion's clouds he fed it with his tears and bitter groans, hiding his spectre in invisibility from the timorous shade, till it became a separated cloud of beauty, grace, and love among the darkness of his furnaces, dividing asunder, till she separated stood before him, a lovely female weeping, even Anithamon separated outside and his loins closed and healed after the separation his pains he soon forgot lured by her beauty outside of himself in shadowy grief two wills they had two intellects and not as in times of old silent they wandered hand in hand like two infants wandering from Enion in the deserts terrified at each other's beauty envying each other yet desiring in all devouring love repelling weeping Enion, blind and age-bent into the fourfold deserts loss first broke silence and began to utter his love O lovely Anithamon, I behold thy graceful forms moving beside me, till intoxicated with the woven labyrinth of beauty and perfection, my wild fibres shoot in veins of blood through all my nervous limbs. Soon, overgrown in roots, I shall be closed from thy sight. Seize therefore in thy hand the small fibres as they shoot around me. Draw out in pity and let them run on the winds of thy bosom. I will fix them with pulsations. We will divide them into sons and daughters to live in thy bosom's translucence as in an eternal morning. Anithamon answered, No, I will seize thy fibres and weave them, not as thou wilt, but as I will, for I will create 
a round womb beneath my bosom lest i also be overwoven with love be thou assured i never will be thy slave let man's delight be love but woman's delight be pride in eden our loves were the same here they are opposite i have loves of my own i will weave them in albion's spectre cast thou in jerusalem's shadows thy loves silk of liquid rubies jacinths chrysolites issuing from thy furnaces while jerusalem divides thy care while thou carest for jerusalem know that i never will be thine also thou hidest valour from her these fibres shoot to shut me in a grave you are albion's victim he has set his daughter in your path loss answered sighing like the bellows of his furnaces i care not the swing of my hammer shall measure the starry round when in eternity man converses with man they enter into each other's bosom which are universes of delight in mutual interchange and first their emanations meet surrounded by their children if they embrace and commingle the human fourfold forms mingle also in thunders of intellect but if the emanations mingle not with storms and agitations of earthquakes and consuming fires they roll apart in fear for man cannot unite with man but by their emanations which stand both male and female at the gates of each humanity how then can i ever again be united as man with man while thou by any how then can i ever again be united as man with man while thou my emanation refusest my fibres of dominion when souls mingle and join through all the fibres of brotherhood can there be any secret joy on earth greater than this anithamon answered this is woman's world nor need she any spectre to defend her from man i will create secret places and the masculine names of the places merlin and arthur a triple female tabernacle for moral law i weave that he who loves jesus may loathe terrified female love till god himself become a male subservient to the female she spoke in scorn and jealousy alternate torments and so speaking she sat down on sussex shore singing lulling cadences and playing in sweet intoxication among the glistening fibres of lots sending them over the ocean eastward into the realms of dark death o oh, perverse to thyself 
contrarious to thy own purposes for when she began to weave shooting out in sweet pleasure her bosom in milky love flowed into the aching fibres of lust yet contending against him in pride sending his fibres over to her objects of jealousy in the little lovely allegoric night of albion's daughters which stretched abroad expanding east and west and north and south through all the world of erin and of loss and all their children a sullen smile broke from the spectre in mockery and scorn knowing himself the author of their divisions and shrinkings gratified at their contentions he wiped his tears he washed his visage the man who respects woman shall be despised by woman and deadly cunning and mean abjectness only shall enjoy them for i will make their places of joy and love excrementitious continually building continually destroying in family feuds while you are under the dominion of a jealous female unpermanent for ever because of love and jealousy you shall want all the minute particulars of life thus joyed the spectre in the dusky fires of losses forge eyeing any thaman who at her shining glooms sings lulling cadences while loss stood at his anvil in wrath the victim of their love and hate dividing the space of love with brazen compasses in golganuza and in udan adan and in entuthon of urizen the blow of his hammer is justice the swing of his hammer mercy the force of losses hammer is eternal forgiveness but his rage or his mildness were vain she scattered his love on the wind eastward into her own centre creating the female womb in mild jerusalem around the lamb of god loud howl the furnaces of loss loud roll the wheels of any thaman the four zoas in all their faded majesty burst out in fury and fire jerusalem took the cup which foamed in vala's hand like the red sun upon the mountains and the bloody day upon the hermaphroditic wine-presses of love and wrath though divided by the cross and nails and thorns and spear in cruelties of rahab and tirza permanent endure a terrible indefinite hermaphroditic form a wine-press of love and wrath double hermaphroditic twelvefold in allegoric pomp in selfish holiness the pharasion the grammatais the presbyterion the archiarius 
the Iarius, the Sadducion, double each with outside of the other, covering eastern heaven. Thus was the covering cherub revealed, majestic image of selfhood, body put off, the Antichrist accursed, covered with precious stones, a human dragon, terrible and bright, stretched over Europe and Asia gorgeous. In three nights he devoured the rejected course of death. His head, dark, deadly in its brain, encloses a reflection of Eden, all perverted. Egypt on the Gion, many-tongued and many-mouthed, Ethiopia, Libya, the sea of Rephaim. Minute particulars in slavery I behold among the brick kilns disorganized, and there is Pharaoh in his iron court, and the dragon of the river and the furnaces of iron, outwoven from Thames and Tweed and Severn, awful streams, twelve ridges of stone frown over all the earth in tyrant pride, frown over each river stupendous work of Albion's druid sons, and Albion's forests of oaks covered the earth from pole to pole. His bosom wide reflects Moab and Ammon on the river Pison, since called Arnon. There is Heshbon beautiful, the rocks of Rabbath on the Arnon, and the fish-pools of Heshbon, whose currents flow into the Dead Sea by Sodom and Gomorrah. Above his head high, arching wings, black, filled with eyes, spring upon iron sinews from the scapulas and os humeri. There Israel, in bondage to his generalizing gods, Molech and Chemosh, and in his left breast his Philistia, in druid temples over the whole earth with victim sacrifice, from Gaza to Damascus, Tyre and Sidon, and the gods of Javan, through the isles of Grecia, and all Europe's kings, where Hidekel pursues his course among the rocks. Two wings spring from his ribs of brass, starry, black as night, but translucent their blackness as the dazzling of gems. His loins enclose Babylon on Euphrates beautiful, and Rome in sweet Hesperia, there Israel scattered abroad in martyrdoms and slavery I behold. Ah, vision of sorrow, enclosed by eyeless wings, glowing with fire, as the iron heated in the smith's forge, but cold the wind of their dread fury. But in the midst of a devouring stomach, Jerusalem, hidden within the covering cherub, as in a tabernacle of threefold workmanship, in allegoric delusion and woe. There 
the seven kings of Canaan, and five Balim of Philistea, Sion, and Og, the Anakim and Emim, Nephilim and Giborim, from Babylon to Rome, and the wings spread from Japan, where the Red Sea terminates the world of generation and death, to Ireland's farthest rocks, where giants builded their causeway into the sea of Raphaim, but the sea o'erwhelmed them all. A double female now appeared within the tabernacle, religion hid in war, a dragon red and hidden harlot, each within other, but without a warlike mighty one of dreadful power, sitting upon Horeb, pondering dire and mighty preparations, mustering multitudes innumerable of warlike sons among the sands of Midian and Aram. For multitudes of those who sleep in Aliar descend, lured by his warlike symphonies of tabret, pipe, and harp, burst the bottoms of the graves and funeral arcs of Beulah, wandering in that unknown night beyond the silent grave they become one with the antichrist and are absorbed in him the feminine separates from the masculine and both from man ceasing to be his emanations life to themselves assuming and while they circumscribe his brain and while they circumscribe his heart and while they circumscribe his loins a veil and net of veins of red blood grows around them like a scarlet robe covering them from the sight of man like the woven veil of sleep such as the flowers of beulah weave to be their funeral mantles but dark opaque tender to touch and painful and agonizing to the embrace of love and to the mingling of soft fibres of tender affection that no more the masculine mingles with the feminine but the sublime is shut out from the pathos in howling torment to build stone walls of separation compelling the pathos to weave curtains of hiding secrecy from the torment bowen and conwenna stood on skiddor cutting the fibres of benjamin from chester's river loud the river loud the mersey and the ribble thunder into the irish sea as the twelve sons of albion drank and imbibed the life and eternal form of luva cheshire and lancashire and westmoreland groan in anguish as they cut the fibres from the rivers he sears them with hot iron of his forge and fixes them into bones of chalk and rock conwenna sat above with solemn cadences she drew fibres of life out from the bones into her golden loom hand had his furnace on highgate's heights and it reached to brockley hills across the thames he with double bodicea in cruel pride cut reuben apart from the hills of surrey commingling with luva 
and with the sepulchre of Luva, for the male is a furnace of beryl, the female is a golden loom. Loss cries, No individual ought to appropriate to himself or to his emanation any of the universal characteristics of David or of Eve, of the woman or of the Lord, of Reuben or of Benjamin, of Joseph or Judah or Levi. Those who dare appropriate to themselves universal attributes are the blasphemous selfhoods and must be broken asunder. A vegetated Christ and a virgin Eve are the hermaphroditic blasphemy. By his maternal birth he is that evil one, and his maternal humanity must be put off eternally, lest the sexual generation swallow up regeneration. Come, Lord Jesus, take on thee the satanic body of holiness. So lost cried in the valleys of Middlesex, in the spirit of prophecy, while in selfhood, Hand and Hyle and Bowen and Schofield appropriate the divine names, seeking to vegetate the divine vision in a corporeal and ever-dying vegetation and corruption, mingling with Luva in one, they become one great Satan. Loud scream the daughters of Albion, beneath the tongues and hammer, dolorous are their lamentations in the burning forge. They drink Reuben and Benjamin as the iron drinks the fire. They are red-hot with cruelty, raving along the banks of Thames and on Tyburn's brook among the howling victims in loveliness, while hand and hile condense the little ones and erect them into a mighty temple even to the stars, but they vegetate beneath Loss's hammer that life may not be blotted out. For Loss said, When the individual appropriates universality, he divides into male and female, and when the male and female appropriate individuality, they become an eternal death, hermaphroditic worshippers of a god of cruelty and law. Your slaves and captives you compel to worship a god of mercy. These are the demonstrations of loss and the blows of my mighty hammer. So loss spoke, and the giants of Albion, terrified and ashamed with losses thunderous words, began to build trembling rocking stones, for his words roll in thunders and lightnings among the temples, terrified, rocking to and fro upon the earth, and sometimes resting in a circle in maiden, or in straightness, or durer, plotting to devour Albion and Loth, the friend of Albion, denying in private, mocking God and eternal life, and in public collusion calling themselves deist, worshipping the maternal humanity, calling it nature and natural religion. End of chapter 15